Okay, okay, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so we were talking, Zamorado, about how just basically what I've noticed in the past two months, the, the main things that I have made consistent in my practice. And I'd say those two things are, one is noticing the unwholesome, so just noticing whatever it is that's unwholesome. And then the second, um, matching that with a kind of like neutral kind of accept, you know, everything is fine. Acceptance. This is okay. Everything is fine. And it doesn't, I, I, but here's what I want to work on with you. And this is where I think I might be next headed. I'm curious what you think is, um, getting to more like sustaining the wholesome now, right? Learning to build and sustain the wholesome. You got mm-hmm. really good at noticing the unwholesome and staying clear from it. But then I think the other, the skill probably next to develop is to build and sustain the wholesome. Would you say, or what do you think? Yes. Yes, that's, that's correct. And <clears throat> There's really not that much to it. Um, The actual practice is very, very easy, but it has to be repeated over and over and over again. And and as you've been repeating that and getting over and over and over again, you're beginning to see for sure what's wholesome and what's unwholesome thoughts. And then what comes next? is a thought that arises that we can actually begin to understand now is that too is an unwholesome thought because there is really nothing next wait wait you said what's the unwholesome thought what comes next the reason you called the what comes next is actually an unwholesome thought because it's based in there must be something next because I'm not there yet, which means I'm not good enough yet. So the right way to practice with that one is, aha, we don't need anything next. What we need to do is to stay right here. Imagine that it's something like this, that in fact, this is kind of the way that it is um, uh, described sometimes. Imagine that you're, that you're lost in the wilderness and that um, you don't know where the water is. About the only thing you know is what's uphill and what's downhill, but that tends to get confusing because you go uphill only to go downhill. And when you go downhill, there's only the uphill but you're lost okay and then you run across something perhaps a stream or perhaps a path and so what we do then is that we follow this path in the woods where we're lost knowing that the path must go back to civilization because it was people in civilization that had made this path or we can find a stream and recognize that at least with the stream, it will continue to go downhill. 
And if it goes downhill, it will probably go someplace where there will be civilization so that I'm not lost anymore. Okay, so you get the analogy? All right. So now that you found the stream and are following the stream, you're still asking, well, where's the civilization? The answer to that is follow the stream. Well, wait, what's the stream? <laughs> well, okay, go back to the analogy. So you're lost in the wilderness. You're lost in the mountains. And you don't know where to go. You do, uh, but one of the things, I mean, there's things that we can do, like we can figure out what north is. That's easy enough, but that may not be useful. But then we can run across either a path in the woods, like a wagon path, maybe a, uh, a dirt road. If we can find a dirt road, that dirt road will take us back to civilization. <clears throat> or we can find a stream or a brook, maybe even a small riverlet, and we can follow that. And it will take us downhill, guaranteed. So that we will find civilization. It will eventually find big water and probably civilization. Right? So you got that. Uh, that. Here's another example of that. Is, is that you've been um, uh, weary and traveling. And you wind up um, in a small town that's got a railway station. And you ask them and they say, oh, we don't know when the train's coming, but it'll be by. <clears throat> and so the thing to do is to wait at that train station until the train actually comes. And then we can get on the train and go. But if we get confused about, oh, I don't see where that train is, let me leave this station and continue my <laughs> blind feeling around my lost journey. Okay. So this is these okay. two analogies, okay? So now that you've got it, is, is that once you get the path, once you get the Dhamma path, there is going to be these questions come up, but the answer is always <coughs> stay on that path. Don't get so, off the path. If so you do path. get off the path, don't get too far off. So that you so can find it again. Is the path self-defined? Well, we're talking about the Eightfold Noble Path now. I use the word path intentionally. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So now that you've got it, that the Eightfold <coughs> Noble Path does work. That's what we have to keep going. That's, in fact, a major portion of the path that the Buddha talks about, or let us say, of the seven knowledges that leads one into um, no nobility, that knowledge and vision of what is the path and is not the path is the third aspect, okay? And so you've basically already come to the position that this is the path. You found it. You've got the right path. And now you're basically asking questions about where the path is going to lead. And the answer is we don't know the future. We just know that we're on the right path. 
Well, not I, I love what you're saying here. It's not so much that I want to know where it leads. You know, I want to know that too. But what I was asking about directly was what would be the next step on the path? Because every path has a step. And- exactly the same as the last step that you were on the path. Okay. 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 That you've got so, the path, and all you have to do is stay on it one step at a time, one breath at a time. So you're saying just basically just keep doing what I'm doing? Basically just keep doing what you are doing now and begin to enjoy it because you know that it's the correct path. See, you've still got a little bit of doubt in there about is this the right path? But you well, already but, have overcome to it. I mean, that's the whole point is that sometimes there's a little bit of doubt. But when I questioned you about it, no, there's no doubt. We know that this is the path. Well, isn't there like, isn't the point to go into the jhanas and stuff? Well, when you're asking about it, you're not there. But when you're saying everything is okay, everything is fine, well, this is nice. That's the entry into the jhana. And we don't need jhana. But in fact, uh, I would say that the teachings about jhana in Western Buddhism is a trap that keeps people from being able to do the jhana. For sure. Because you have to, in order to be in the first jhana, you've got to be satisfied. You've got to have the sukha. You've got to have the, in fact, those are the definitions of being safe, secure, comfortable, satisfied, and successful. And we apply the mind to that and sustain the mind to that. And when you ask the question, well, what's next? That means that you don't quite have the success. You don't quite have the satisfaction. But keep going towards satisfaction. Keep going towards everything is okay, everything is fine, no worries, and that that's good enough. That's the quality of it is is that it becomes enough. There's nothing left to do. The job that needed to be done has already been done. And the way that I talk about it is is that the job that needs to be done is to tear up the to-do list. rather than ticking off each item of the to-do list as as it's been done. So in this regard, then, you're asking about, well, what's the next item on the list? And the answer to that is tear up that to-do list. You've already arrived. Enjoy the fact that you've already arrived. And when you get that feeling deeply, deeply that you have arrived, that's that's brilliant. I mean, what a relief it is to have actually figure out that you've got it, that you've arrived, that there's no place to go yet, that this is good enough for the rest of your life. How do you figure that one out? How do you see that? Well, we keep practicing. This moment is good enough. This moment is good enough. This moment is satisfying. And so we begin to build that up as a habit. 
Good. And so this is that right effort. One's right effort is to keep throwing out the doubts about what's the next step and say this step is good enough. This step is good enough. Yeah. This step is good enough. And you see, in our culture, there are so many things that will keep us dissatisfied. We don't have enough knowledge. We haven't read all the Dhamma books. Or I haven't attained that, or I haven't attained this. And so we start off in dissatisfaction and stay in the state of dissatisfaction. To where the Buddha's talking about, no, let's stop those dissatisfying thoughts and start having satisfying thoughts instead. And pretty soon, by having satisfying thoughts, you begin to feel satisfied. The feelings will be there for satisfaction. But if you keep having unsatisfying thoughts, then you'll feel unsatisfied. So the place to start is with having satisfactory thoughts. This is good enough. This is fine. I got this one. I can breathe this breath, I can take this sigh and kind of stay in the here now rather than worrying about what the next step is. This step is good enough. <coughs> to nourish yourself, Alex. Alex, this step is good enough. You made it, man. You can handle this moment. And it's just okay, and you don't have to worry about what comes next. But we have to keep doing this, repeating it over and over and over again. So the next step is going to be the same as the last step. Repeat it. What step is that? The step of feeling safe, secure, comfortable, and satisfied. And if you keep doing that, then the, the, the feeling of success will arise. The confidence, I can do this. Look, I can do it, I can do it, and then I have that thought about what's the next step, and I can throw that out, and I can just keep going. It's good enough. I, I have everything that I need. I've got the air to breathe, and I've got the chair to sit in, and I've got the peace of mind to just sit here and enjoy. And you don't need anything else. Then, in fact, in many cases, people would have been a whole lot better without Buddhism. Because they approach Buddhism with just one more thing to want. <coughs> just one more thing to want is where we get in, in into it. And, and basically, why? Well, it's because we like it. You like the fact that you can take one step on the path. You like that you can give yourself a little bit of success. You like it that you can feel a little bit comfortable. You like it that you can feel a little bit safe, and you want more of that. And the answer to that is easy enough in the sense that you go back and you practice that feeling safe enough, feeling secure enough, feeling satisfied enough, and pretty soon that enough feeling will kick in. This is good enough. <coughs> and we can I've put that it. in a yeah. and 
So this, you, you found the path. You're not lost in the woods anymore. You've got a path. Let's stay on the path. One step at a time. This moment is good enough. Okay. Eventually, the path will lead someplace. We don't even know where. But let's stay <laughs> on the path. All right. Very good, man. Very good. No, I'm um, very pleased. Um, you know, my my whole uh, work situation has changed over the past three weeks as well. I started doing really well at work. Um, with sales, I just decided I was like, well, if I'm gonna end up doing, I don't, I don't know. I just realized it was easier. It doesn't. To stay yeah, where I that's was. the whole point. You never wind up. Now, people get wound up. But the only thing that you'll ever wind up is dead. <laughs> uh, other than that, everything is just process. And we never finish. You've heard people talk about a story about this, and, and then they'll say, and finally he did this. Okay. Another clear example of that is, is that I was looking for, let's say my iPads, I was looking for the cell phone and I finally found it. I find, you hear that finally? I finally found it in the last place I looked. Well, of course it's going to be found in the last place that you looked. Of course it's going to be. Why would you continue to look for it after you found it? That makes no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is the whole idea then is, is that it is the the search or the walking of the path that is the path. And the problem with the search is, is if we want something rather than just merely being enthusiastic about whatever it is we're going to find, because we don't know what we're going to find as we walk down the path. So we can be open to anything. All kinds of marvelous possibilities could happen. But when we want one of them, then we're pining because we don't have it. That's almost like walking down the path and you see a wishing tree over to the side and you go over to the wishing tree. Oh, I wish I was this and I wish I was that. And while we're standing under the wishing tree, we're not on the path. And what is the path? One step at a time. This is good enough. This is fine. No place to go and nothing to do. And wow, I can feel just okay. Got no worries. No worries so, over here. Nope. No. Right. So that's the way that we practice is to have those very wholesome thoughts and recognize when those unwholesome thoughts come in. The thoughts about the wishing tree, the thoughts about what's next. You know, because what? that's um, that's what we've been doing all along anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to talk to you about like how some of this stuff applies to practical things in life, mm -hmm. right? So like women is a big one, right? So I'm on these dating apps, okay? And um Yeah, I go on these dating apps uh, often. I enjoy spending time on the dating apps, though. 
I enjoy talking to different kinds of women and flirting and being playful and using the Dhamma to my advantage in that way, you know, just having mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but at the same time, I've noticed that it can have a tendency to take me o- away from the path, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that wishing tree has all kinds of naked women on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, that's the whole point is, is that that wishing um, thing is in the mind. So, um, I think that we had talked about this a long time ago, uh, but it maybe it's a better thing to do now that you're doing it with these these apps is to um i do you remember me talking to you about sadie hawkins about maybe about 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 leap year leap year is sadie hawkins the 29th of february every four years in some traditions that's the women's day uh, for dating. That in mm. fact, one of the students says that there, uh, at his high school, they had a, a Sadie Hawkins dance. Um, not not a whole evening of this, but one of the uh, the numbers that they played was for the Sadie Hawkins, and that's when the girl chooses the boy. Normally in our society, the boy has to go up to the girl and he's the one that's all uh, uptight mm-hmm. because he's uh, of the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the ways that you can handle this uh, wishing tree that we've uh, started to talk about is let them take the lead. Don't ask them for a date or uh, things like that. Just enjoy the moment with them mm. okay just okay. just just enjoy the moment without expectations i like that yeah. and then then that makes it really easy to stay on the path yeah but when, but when right. we start yeah. wanting things yeah Well, wait a minute, but if I really vibe, if I really connect with someone, like, and I don't ask Well, them, if you connect with her, then won't she be seeing that she's connecting with you? Or is this so, your, just your imagination that you're connecting she, with her and she don't want nothing to do with you? Oh, it could be that too, but <laughs> yeah, the first I point? know. But the really important one is when she feels like she's connecting with you. Right, yeah. And that's a whole lot easier for women to do when they're not being chased down the street. Hmm. <laughs> but how, but, um, but what if she's waiting for me to make a move to ask her on a date? Well, uh, you can, um, let us say you can nudge her in in that kind of direction. You can ask her questions, but don't come out and and be the um, 
the mail or yeah just you know just handled it then in fact uh um the question that you just asked would be more appropriate a hundred years ago maybe even 70 years ago but in modern times times were changing anyway no i like this thank you just just enjoy the moment you're talking mm -hmm. to them i like that a lot um okay and so go on the dating apps enjoying the the company that you have in the moment and if there's any connections being made let those connections be made in her mind that in fact listen to her questions very carefully she may be giving you hints for sure for sure okay 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 so that's else i'd like to talk to you about Okay, well, if we got that one easy, that was easy enough. We got three of them now. That was easy, got... man. Yeah, we're, 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 our conversations are a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, okay, so this is about this is about marijuana. I don't know if this is something you want to take offline, or it's okay if we talk about it here. There's there's no problem with it now. Good, because Good. I mean I mean when it was illegal. It had ramifications, but now well, that it's, it's legal, legal federally, but well, it depends. I mean, nobody's getting busted anymore. Oh, Joe yeah. Biden, yeah. Joe yeah. Biden just let a whole bunch of um, um, users um, out of um, federal charges. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Okay, well, yeah, then. Um, just real quick with you. So like, I know that we had talked about this a while ago and you had kind of said like, I don't know, something along the lines of you said, you know, if marijuana is like a really good tool for you right now and it helps you when, before you go see your dad or insert, mm -hmm. you know, other activity, you said that would be a good thing and that's, that's wholesome and that's okay. So mm -hmm. I wanted to tell you is like, I totally like ran like straight into that direction. And so I just started having weed more and more and more and more. And so okay. what it's kind of come to now is like, I'll be honest, I have it sometimes before I make um, like midway through my workday and it's enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Right. It totally loosens things up for me. And then I will well, tell guess you, what? A lot of things okay. are enjoyable, and in fact, so many things are so enjoyable that the rednecks make a lot of rules because they don't want you to have fun. They don't want you to enjoy your life. They want you to be miserable so you'll come to their church. <laughs> Religions invent all kinds of rules to make people feel bad. I mean, look how many uh, uh, sexuality rules that have crept into our culture, dressing codes and 10,000 other things and who uses what toilet and all of that kind of stuff, which got very little to do with sex. But the point that I'm making here is, is that with the, with the marijuana, enjoy it for what it is, but stay mindful of it. But in fact, um, oh, a few months ago, Marcus asked the question, 
in the sense of him thinking that he wanted to quit smoking. And my answer to him was start watching. Make the, the practice of uh, your ganji use, make it really conscious. What do I mean by that? Okay, let us say that you're just sitting, whatever, and all I have and all you have now is the thought of a joint. You, you have a mental image. The mental image can be of the joint or of the, uh, the ganja in a package or something like that. And so when you think about it, now you can, uh, instead of just jumping on it or being driven there, you can say, oh, well, can I wait a minute? And maybe a minute from now, I won't even think about it. Okay, so let that pleading thought go by and say, I can wait. I'm okay right now. Let me wait to smoke until I feel bad. And then we continue to feel good. So now you come to the point of you're actually going to light it up. Okay, look at all the work that it takes to actually do the joint. Cutting the weed, maybe getting it out of the freezer, chopping it up, doing all the kinds of stuff that we do. Do all that. I, do is I, hold a, I just hold the button down for five seconds. <laughs> well, you have to understand that I'm using examples that are 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just had to let you know the convenience factor is absolutely in my favor. <laughs> all right. Well, ever how um, easy it is to use, still take that time of being mindful about what you're doing, even to the point of mindfully lighting it up, or in your case, mindfully putting the thing in your mouth and mindfully clicking the button. Yeah. And, then, and then be mindful of, or watch closely, what effects that it has. Will one hit do? Do you need two? Do you need the whole stick? Whatever it is, start being um, uh, aware of what you're doing. Rather than having thoughts about, oh, you're breaking the law, or oh, you're a bad guy, or oh, this, that, and the other thing. Instead, actually enjoy what you're doing. Keep yeah, your mind no, on it. I I do I yeah no and I I will that's a great practice. Um, I do notice maybe these are things that you would think, you know, that you would kind of uh, figure are things that you'd notice if you started watching. One of them is that um, sometimes I'll be like sitting at work. And, and you know, okay, so this is a very good example. I smoke right before I do the cold calls, right before I do my sales calls. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I gotta be honest with you, Dabarado. This is absolutely insane, absolutely insane. Okay, but this is so incredible. So I had, I had thirteen, had thirteen conversations today. Or sorry, thirteen conversations over the entire week, and okay. out of those thirteen conversations, four of them uh, booked a meeting with me. So most of my coworkers are 
having like double that in conversations already for this week. So they're doing like 600 dials and I'm at like 300. So in half the amount of work that they're doing, I'm doing just as good, if not performing above them. And where I think this is coming from is seriously from (laughs) the marijuana. (laughs) It makes, I, I just get so effective. It's insane. I get so effective. Well, okay, but we can't blame it on marijuana alone, okay? For one thing, the people that you're talking to don't know that you're stoned, and they probably wouldn't like it if they thought that you were stoned. Right. Okay, so that's the first thing. They can't tell the difference. But I... They can't tell why that's the whole point, you see. But uh, when someone is drinking alcohol, you can tell you can't. You can really, really tell the difference. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why cops don't like it uh, with the ganja is because they can't bust you on a DUI because there's no symptoms. There's no. Well, (laughs) there can be a smell. But most (laughs) people are smart enough to roll down their windows when they see the blue lights. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so um the the point then is, is that it's not the marijuana in and of and by itself because you could in fact get stoned call them be worried that they think that you're stoned get really paranoid about it and blow oh, the that's call that's true that's true yeah interesting so then I guess the question is, then why does the other, why does the other happen? Why is well, it so successful? That's, that's because you're ready for it. You're ready for the call. Then, in fact, you could probably be just as successful without the marijuana because of the kind of things that you and I have talked about before, of uh, being friendly and all of that. And, and so it's the, uh, yeah. it's the all that you're doing and what you're talking about that's so successful and the ganja may be sort of like uh, the teaspoon of sugar that helps the medicine go down but really it's the fact that you've taken the medicine about how to do the calls that very very few people ever learn how to do that and so you can congratulate yourself that you've actually learned I mean, you're you're comparing yourself to the other people at work, even though they're professional cold callers, they haven't mastered it yet. Wait. And so in this regard, it's got nothing really to do with the marijuana other than you feel relaxed enough that you can take the marijuana. And it's that state of mind of being relaxed. But in fact, that's the one thing that we do have uh, culturally that everybody identifies with. That in a bar, when people get alcohol, they get rowdy, they get loud, and often they get violent. When people are sitting around getting stoned, they're sitting on the couch, they're having fun, they're laughing sometimes, they're enjoying themselves, and they're very, very unlikely to start fighting with each other. It's a different culture, even. Yeah. 
So, All right. Uh, so this is interesting because I, I, I got to say that um, you're right. It does make me very relaxed. There's kind of like a, a relaxing out of any kind of um, like agenda, I guess you could say. Like mm-hmm. I have to I have to get them to book this meeting. It's right. very, it's very relaxed, and I think it's easy you take the pressure yes. off yourself exactly. Yeah. But in fact, alcohol actually pressurizes us even more to where ganja begins to take that pressure off. So I guess it just the reason why I'm talking about this with you is because I don't want to grow like dependent, right? Dependent on marijuana in order to be happy. This is exactly Um, what I was talking about from before is watch closely when you're smoking. Ask yourself the question, can I can I make this next call without getting stoned? And start to experiment, start to play. Yeah, yeah, okay. Start to postpone it or um, go ahead and have it and notice the effect. Then in fact, uh, when you do call, I would suggest uh, that when you are smoking and then calling, give it five minutes, go get stoned or do the the, the job of the smoking and then wait until you're actually stoned and you can feel the sensations of the marijuana. And then that's when you make the call. As opposed to waking, starting the call after you've just smoked and then letting the stone sneak up on you while you're in the call. You see what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it hits me pretty fast, like within probably a minute to two minutes. So then I make my calls right after that. But you yeah. guys have got better stuff than we had back <laughs> way. When- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is pretty great. It vaporizes um, and it's a lot healthier, too, to smoke. So, um but no, this is this is good to know. I, I just yeah, you know, I just don't the other thing that I noticed, Amarado, is that when I am stoned or when I'm high, there's no there's not is it's not even as important to be wholesome. And it's not even it's not even as important to practice anything. I'm just I'm just chilling. I'm just there. Well, let us say it like this then is is that um you're actually taking the importance out of it and that the original practice was for chilling anyway that that's in fact chilling out in our language is a good working definition for the buddha's word nibbana is chill out so do you think the high from weed then is really kind of like a pointing it's kind of like pointing us at like that that high it's kind of like showing you that hey this is kind of more how you truly are when you're not bound up by societal standards and ways Absolutely. that you train yourself yes to yes yeah. allow yourself to get into that easygoing state because marijuana doesn't get you um, drunk. But it does have a lot of physiological things to it. One of the things that they have noticed is that it actually lowers blood pressure. Mm-hmm. 
because we're more relaxed. And the other thing so that's it, really interesting about it, though, too, is it can also increase your anxiety and your paranoia as well. If you're already full of anxiety and paranoia, it'll really trigger it because of all of the fear. Because whatever mm. fear there's there, now we have the fear of getting caught smoking. Mm. Okay, and so um, any kind of uh, drug like that will generally increase the way we feel because it takes the inhibitions out. And so mm. if you're going in the direction of relaxation and you get stoned, then you're going to go deeper into the state of relaxation. If in fact you're really, really uptight, you're unsure, uh, you're in a dangerous situation, um, let us let us say that the a place that would be really dangerous to smoke would be in a crowded bathroom at a sports event. But more than like one of the dudes in that toilet is going to be a cop. <laughs> okay, and so and so going into the public toilet to smoke is a dangerous thing to do, and we wind up getting really uptight and up and and tense and whatever like that. And we blame that on the marijuana to where, in fact, no, it was the circumstances that we were in that caused us to get uptight. The same so thing is things? true. This, let me finish this point. The same thing is true about psychedelics, mushrooms, ayahuascas, et cetera, like that, is, is that if you have a guide who knows what he's doing and do it in a ceremony, then the people that are doing these drugs will feel more comfortable and they'll get a better sensation out of it or situation out of it as compared to you go out on the street and you buy LSD or some psychedelic. You don't know what it is. You're worried about it. You take it home. If you think it's dangerous, you're going to go nuts. And then you take the drug. And now the bad <laughs> feelings that you're in is really going to mess you up. OK, so the circumstances that, that create how we feel then is going to be multiplied or amplified by the uh, by the drug that we're in. So if you've already got the idea that, oh, I'm going to relax and have a telephone call with this customer and everything's going to be all right. Then smoking in that frame of mind and things are going to be exactly just like that. But if you yeah, smoke well, with the idea. Do. Right, exactly. Okay, but the other possibility is, oh, my boss is going to catch me smoking while I'm talking to right. the customer. I'm going no, to get fired. Yeah, yeah. I, just, okay. I just don't <laughs> even go there. I just don't even go there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, in that regard, you can see that it's got nothing. In this regard, it's not that the marijuana is going to make you a paranoid. It's that the paranoid yeah. state that we get in over marijuana is going to be worse. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so this is part of what I'm talking about is be careful about lighting up. Be careful about when you're doing it, how you feel, etc. Like that. <clears throat> Become completely aware of what you're doing. Give yourself permission to do it and to feel good. knowing that it helps you become successful. Okay, yeah, that's and that's what I've been doing. Um, I think just sometimes 
So you're I getting guess. that reconfirmation from me that yeah. that's that's the correct way to do it. So now you've got three things. One, is that what you wanted? Number two, the cold calls are proving that you're doing it correctly. And now you've got me coming in and reamplifying that to say, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm, I'm like nervous because um, to be honest with you, like I use it for ev- not everything, but for pretty much everything. Like it, but notice the nervous. Notice the nervous that you're talking about, that you're using it for everything. Oh, no, poor me. If I use too much ganja, I'll be nervous. And you're already nervous. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're just spinning me out of my argument. I don't know what I'm supposed to say now. <laughs> Watch, here's what, watch closely now. Watch what's going on. That's, in other words, this is, this is Dhamma. Remember when you're lighting up to watch and pay close attention to how you feel and what you're doing and what thoughts you're having, et cetera, like that. Notice the effects. Notice whether you like the effects or not. Notice the results of your calls, which you've been doing. Okay, so I'm giving you a um, uh, the kind of permission to experiment. Yeah, play. and I wanted to say it's not just it's not just the calls either. It's it's like dates, going out on dates, being with family, um, even being at the gym. It's crazy, just the degree of success that is found mm-hmm. uh, through all that. Well, here's the thing is, is that when back in the 1930s, reefer madness and all of that kind of stuff, there was some heavy duty racial components in there that, in fact, one of the ways that they would think is, is that if the Chinese coolies are using opium and the Mexicans and the blacks are using marijuana, we can't get them to work. We can only get the rednecks to work. (laughs) <laughs> we can't control them okay mm-hmm. and so well let's make that stuff illegal so that we can control our workforce mm. that's where it got started okay mm. and it continues that way in fact um, mm. now that marijuana is becoming legalized in the United States the the uh, the, uh, the pharmaceuticals and the al- and the alcohol industry don't like it very much at all <laughs> Where where ganja is legal, uh, alcohol consumption goes down. Mm, well, that's good. That's very good. Mm-hmm. And where uh, marijuana is legal, um, heavy-duty narcotics, heroin, uh, and other things like that go down. But you see, they've been talked talk to and told everybody for forever that marijuana is a gateway drug. Yeah, yeah it true. is, yeah. but it's a drug gateway drug to relaxation. Yeah. And they don't want you to be relaxed. They want you uptight and ready to work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I I don't know. I've mm-hmm. created an incredible situation for myself here, Domerato, because I can work literally five to six hours in the day and get all my work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even working a full eight-hour workday. 
And you're beginning to enjoy your life. And I'm beginning to enjoy my life a lot more. The only thing, though, that is kind of scary about it is it's enjoyed through the filter of being high. It's not... Okay, so this is part of what I was talking about, is to know that, experiment with it, rather than being afraid that you're going to be dependent upon it, because, in fact, they've done lots of research and that there is no um, psychosomatic... um, That's what I have heard, right. Yeah, the, there is no there is no uh, addiction. The only right. real addiction is is that we like it <laughs> and continue to do it because we're getting benefit <laughs> out of it. <laughs> yeah, but stone, stoners don't. Yeah, stoners don't become Skid Row bums. Alcoholics yeah. become Skid Row bums. I guess, Tomrado, you know what it is. It's like. If I if I smoke weed and I get high and I go see a girl, I'm gonna be really confident. Like it's gonna be easier to talk to them, make them laugh, be myself, all that, right? But mm-hmm. my fear is that if I if I keep doing this over and over and over, I'll get married to my ability while I'm high. I'll be I'll be, I'll be married to that kind of. And then, so I won't want to go on here's a date something not about that. or have All calls right. not high. But You're looking wait, at the wait, wrong wait. thing. You're wait, working. I, I, okay, okay. All right. Okay. Here's the way that you want to look at that. And that is, is that the girl that you're going to date and marry, you don't want her to have conflict. So let us say that she was raised Catholic and she hates everything then she won't want you to smoke. She'll try to get you to quit smoking, and that's going to cause a lot of controversy within the relationship. So one of the things, if you begin to date and begin to get serious with a girl, you got to tell her that, you, that, you, uh, that you're a toker. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. Absolutely. Fine. Right. And then it's okay. But if you try to hide it, that's going to cause a lot of conflict. In fact, you don't even want to be around a girl that you've got to hide from. Sure. Right. Good point. Um, but but it's still not the marijuana. That, in fact, I can give you stories about people that I've known that have been stoned literally all day long, day after day, for 50 years. And they live just happily. Wow. Wait a minute. So you're saying it's not the marijuana? It's not the marijuana. It's the hatred and the control issues. No, but like my confidence, my success, my happiness. You're saying that's not the marijuana either. No, it's not. It's not the marijuana. It's your attitude about it. And it's your attitude about can you handle this? Can you handle that? Hmm. Could it be said then that marijuana makes it easier for me to take the view that I can handle it? Yeah. That everything's fine? Mm-hmm. Right. If you take the attitude that getting stoned is okay, that it's fine, that I like it, 
that there is no side effects to it or that you can start looking at what are the side effects. I remember for myself, one of the big side effects about it was is that it was just so much work. Nowadays, it's really easy. They've got much better equipment. Yeah. But I don't think any of that equipment is on this island. But in, in this island actually is, is um, a God's paradise. <laughs> that in well, Thailand, it's been, it's been illegal for, uh, since the 1970s because of the U.S. government. The U.S. government went around making ganja and other things illegal all over the world. And now that the U.S. is backing off and not uh, pushing uh, other countries, Thailand is the first country in Southeast Asia to actually legalize it. But the way they did it was completely different than the way that they did it in the States. In the States, they made special laws and things that, you know, to, to jack around and all of this kind of stuff, cutting corners and whatnot. Thailand just merely repealed their laws. They just repealed them, going back to the way that it was in the 1960s. And here's something very unusual, is, is that the guy who moved in, he moved in in November about the time that the laws were changed, and now we've got a, a, a marijuana garden within 75 feet of me. <laughs> oh the guy next, yeah, in fact, I can look right out here and I can see one of the plants that is sitting in a bucket right out in the open. <laughs> so the whole idea about it has, has changed, uh, but it's changed in a um, organic kind of tie way in the sense that things have reverted back to the way that they were in the 1960s, as opposed in the West, they're still looking for stronger stuff. They're, you know, trying to um, uh, match this plant with that plant and all kinds of business stuff. To where here in, in uh, there's actually been an industry right on this island, but all of the ganja was way up in the hills where it could not be easily seen. And now it's down there on the street corner in potted <laughs> in, in pots. <laughs> so um, uh, it being open like that is the better kind of society to live in. That we don't actually enjoy living in a society that has a lot of rules. And the more rules there are, the worse the living is for the people. And I give you Russia as an example of any authoritarian government. They put in a lot of rules so that they can stay in control. Okay. And so when we don't have a lot of rules and a lot of controls, everybody can kind of make up for their, uh, their own mind about how they want to live their lives. Give us freedom. Um, the side effects that I do get uh, I, I get some phlegm in my throat. I have to clear my throat often. Doctor told me that I have like a lot of fluid collecting right here at the base of my neck, and that um, I should get some like Sudafed and stuff. But I don't like that stuff because it's not chemicals and that stuff. So, well, here's the way to handle that, that as soon as you find the water or the fluids collecting, throw them out. Keep your air passages clean. Yeah, I can't. 
I can't. Are you saying like suck it, like suck it all the way back? Well, if it's in the throat, you want to hark it up. <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, um, it's not coming out. <laughs> well, you're not doing it. If you keep doing that and keep loosening it up, it'll come out. And whenever you're lighting up, you can say, hey, is this going to make my, my throat um, heavy with fluid? Right. I know. And then you can decide, well, am I going to smoke now or am I going to give my throat a rest? Right. Always has to do with investigating what's going on. That's what I recommend. Remember to look at what you're doing. Because with, with, with good information, you can make wiser choices. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Which means then that you might want to use less marijuana. See, before we just thought that it was great stuff, and then you're, you're using it. But if you really look at what you're doing, then you can recognize, well, maybe right now I'm not going to smoke. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can begin to regulate it because you're doing it through wisdom. But I can take it as an edible. <laughs> yes. I hadn't thought about that. Those edibles didn't even exist. I don't think anybody <laughs> way back when. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My, uh, my whole video and I, froze. I would also assume that, uh, um, oh, I don't know. My my thought would be that edibles are kind of expensive in the sense that you've got to put a whole lot of grass. I mean, I could, I could take one joint, take one hit, and get the feeling. But if I'm going to do an edible, I'm going to have to eat a half a pound. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Don Morado, can't see you. Oh, well, I'm here. Um, can you try Do turning I turn the camera yeah. on and off again? Yeah, I'll turn the camera off and back on again. Did that there help? There you are. All right. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, for all of the things that we've done today, it's always the same advice. Look at what you're doing. Keep your thoughts wholesome. <clears throat> Notice what's going on, recognizing that you're okay. Everything is fine. I'm fine before I take that token. I'm fine after I do. Okay. Cool. Watch closely now. Watch closely now. <laughs> All right, Alex, why don't we finish this? I think that we've gotten um, enough for you today for sure Domorado thank you <laughs> I'm so glad you called I really <laughs> enjoy our time together Alex good for I you I'm gonna congratulations all right. all right okay okay Thanks, all right bye-bye bye-bye